Welcome to Tap Calf Transmissions, episode 95. Yeah, I think it's 95, where we are going to be talking about the book of Boba Fett in its entirety, focusing on the finale, of course, because it just aired. We're going to give some thoughts on the season as a whole, look back on our month together. I am your host, Corey, joined by your other host, Mr. Eckhart Slatter. Justin, how are you doing on this Boba Fine day? I wish you would have warned me to make a pun beforehand. Mine wasn't fe- a good pun, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. What's good? What about you? I'm I'm good. This is this is the way we work out our feelings. So mm-hmm. I'm glad to be yeah. here with you. This is how this is how men you. communicate. Just grunting. <laughs> Star Wars podcast is how men communicate. Yeah, men communicate in three ways: grunting, Star Wars podcasts, and sports betting i don't know what the third one is <laughs> i thought it would be like football farting is that one mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. i just mm-hmm. I, it, yeah it, it's a whole thing that yep. only want one thing and it's disgusting <laughs> boba fett star wars podcast <laughs> all right well what a good episode we've had today yeah so all right let's talk let's talk about start well before we do we got a bit of news roundup. Um, we got the official drop date for Kenobi. It will be May twenty fifth. Uh, yes, the original Star Wars day. Before uh, Kathleen Kennedy and her goons changed it. I don't think it was her. <laughs> um, why was why was the twenty fifth Star Wars day? That's when uh, the first one released. May twenty fifth. Oh, I thought it was another pun thing, not the release date. Okay. May no, the 4th no, no, just yeah. works so much better. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, um, okay, so why are we why are we trying to assign blame to this? We should be thanking whoever did it. Well, Thank it's mostly just a thing folks. for people to call other people fake fans if they don't know. Like I'm about to call you later. I don't care. I I don't like the movies. Okay, fair enough. Uh so we got yeah, so we we've, we've got that coming. Um there has been rumors of another Star Wars project under production called Grammar Rodeo. Hmm. You heard about that one? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah. Uh, so it's alongside. We've got Ahsoka coming. We've got Andor. Two seasons of Andor now, apparently, at least. Nice. Acolyte. The Book of Boba Fett. Is that, or, sorry, is that two uh, seasons? Bad, bad like the 12 episodes and then it's six and six so it's like one episode or one season but it's two seasons i don't think so i think that i think what where it came from is diego luna or some is it yeah somebody said that they're working on the second season right now basically they gave it away accidentally Hmm. so it's not like the production pins for everything else no i don't think so production pins are usually a good source of leaks but (laughs) but no um Apparently there's going to be uh, apparently there's going to be two seasons. So yeah, there's also the uh, the switch ports for the Force Unleashed, I think, coming out, mm-hmm. and they were able to snag uh, Sam Witwer for that as well. Yeah, I might actually try it because I've never played the uh, the game. It's like the Wii version, which I've never played before, yeah. and I hear it's actually a little bit different. Yeah, they had like some different vehicles in each of them. I think like the IDT was only in one version of it then there's like some Felucian warriors that are different in them there was a there was a fair yeah doesn't the nebula and the assault frigate get swapped around or something yeah i thought something like that there's a few of those older games that have 
some significant differences in the mm-hmm. in the older ones. But like, yeah, Charlie and I were talking last night, and uh, he, I think he mentioned it that they got Sam Witwer for it. And I, I just know, anytime he comes up, he's just living through, leaking, trying to talk to Sam Witwer about whether or not he'd heard any rumors about the Force Unleashed, and that's. Have we ever? I don't think we've ever told that story on no, the podcast. No, you should. We should talk about it. Do you wanna? Do you wanna go with it? Yeah, you. Well, I mean, I started it, so you can, you can regale us. Okay, so I forget how I even met Sam. Um, Wasn't it just through squadrons, like on Twitter? You and Ian were gonna play with him. And, yeah, so I think Ian. Yeah, I think it was Ian Fraser, Alex, Star Wars Explained myself and sam were playing squadrons and i i don't know he's just he just really likes the game so we played a few more times and then eventually the the three of us so me you and then our friend charlie uh who's in the comments right now and sam started playing and uh you know we'd talk about a bunch of stuff and Charlie doesn't didn't quite know at the time. I don't know. Did he know that Sam Witwer was? He, I think he knew he was an actor. No, he but thought he thought Sam Witwer was just like a, a random streamer. And for those who don't know, Sam Witwer oh. is the voice of Star Killer and also like who Star Killer was kind of modeled off of for his physical appearance because a lot of games kind of do he that. looks exactly like him. Yeah. <laughs> he's in a bunch of stuff. He like he's he plays a bunch of Star Wars characters as well. Like yeah. he does the voice for the Emperor sometimes. And anyway. So we're just the big one. Darth Maul, yeah, of course. Um, we were just shooting the shit, and uh, Charlie, I forget what exactly he says, but the only thing we heard rumors of was yeah. uh, Force Unleashed Three. The, he's, yeah, Charlie started talking about rumors about Force Unleashed Three being made, not realizing who the hell he was talking to about it. <laughs> yeah, um, and I I don't remember how we reacted. There's a clip of it. I just I don't even wa- want to watch it to be honest. <laughs> I thought he was joking. But anyways, uh, that's that's our Force Unleashed story for the day. So Switchport, uh, I guess it'd probably be the the older Nintendo version that's getting primarily pulled from there. But mm-hmm. uh, um, I want to play the uh, super new new uh, Strikers game. Yeah, the, the new soccer game. And there, there's Fortnite skins as well. Nice. But no, but, but you're 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 writing off soccer. Doesn't that look cool? Do you ever play the old one? No, the I, Super Mario Strikers one. I don't. I don't play sports. Okay, but you don't have to play sports like Mario Tennis. I've never played Mario Tennis. I never played what Wii the fuck Sports. Is wrong with I you? I never played uh, Mario Tennis. I've played like NHL '99. I think I had '98. Okay. I forget which one I had. I had the good one. But well, all of them of that era were pretty cool. I think what you can do is play like pro clubs, which is a feature that FIFA has. Basically, like the three of you, like I don't know how big the teams are. I don't know if they're five on five or whatever, but you basically make a team. You all control one character and you go and play against other teams of real people. Hmm. Um, So that could be fun for us to do. It's going to be the one thing I think that gets me to pop my Switch out of its uh, dusty corner that it's in right now. I mean, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Legends, so that got me to do it. I haven't played since Pokemon you, Unite, so it's, are you liking it? I, yeah, I'm. I'm enjoying it. I I do think it's kind of like the first use of a new engine or mm-hmm. gameplay style that'll hopefully get fleshed out in the future. Like it's very light on the battling, which kind of sad. Oh really? But, uh, hmm. but yeah. So, what were your thoughts overall 
on first, I guess, the finale and then how you're feeling about the season of Book of Boba Fett now that it's all okay. wrapped up? Um, I thought the finale, unfortunately, was probably one of the weaker episodes, which is, you know, always kind of a bummer. Uh, the show just needed to be longer. Like, we, we talked about this kind of after episode five came out. We were a little worried um, that they were going to go in too much of a detour. And I remember saying, I'm going to be a little unimpressed if episode six ends up being another detour. And yeah. it was arguably even more so of one. Because um, I really liked the Boba stuff that we did get. I just wanted more of it. Um, yeah, so... I, I hope there's a season two and I hope they go into season two with like a bit more confidence into like the fact that Boba Fett can hold the show if he's given time. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, kind of my thoughts on it all. Yeah. Like the finale actually made me more skeptical of the idea that there'd be a season two than going in. Mm -hmm. Like I've always been kind of, uh, not a hundred, like I, not a hundred percent on board with the idea that it would get a sequel, but then, or get mm -hmm. a second season. But especially with uh, the finale, I don't, I don't, I don't know, because I was thinking like, oh, maybe they're setting Cad Bane up as this like villain for Boba in over the course of a few different arcs. But mm -hmm. Boba, as far as like the show goes, unless you're aware of mostly cut stuff from the Clone Wars, then Boba's entire interactions with Cad Bane span two or two scenes mm -hmm. here, and I thought they were both really good scenes. But mm -hmm. it was still just he meets him, then he kills him. Yeah, I was actually really glad they killed him. Um, and I thought his death was handled much more interestingly in this version than in the uh, than in the cut content from Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. What about you? Yeah, like, I mean, it's pretty heavy handed in what it was trying to say, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like, it was very ham-fisted. Yeah, with the gaffy but, stick, yeah. Yeah, as soon as he was on the ground, it's like, okay, he's pulling out the stick and he's going to kill him with the stick. But mm -hmm. also, like, oh, Cad Bane is just Boba if Boba hadn't been able to move on. And Cad mm -hmm. Bane is actually kind of a symbol of all the things that Boba is saying he wants to stop. The one kind of motivation we got from him of the bounty hunters and uh, assassins or mercenaries going out and doing this uh, pointless crap for people who are going to fail anyways and be bad at it. So mm -hmm. Cad Bane kind of throwing himself away for the pikes and... I mean, it would have been nice to hear Boba say a bit more of that to Cad Bane, mm -hmm. but I think like it kind of comes across anyways. Yep. I uh, I was, on the topic of there being a season two, I was definitely a little surprised. I was expecting we were going to get the hook when they, that like second to last scene where they're in the hut, like in the, uh, the desert survey office, which is hilarious. I just imagine like once a year, somebody opens the door and goes yep it's still there. desert there <laughs> closes the door files the report and gets back to crime um <laughs> but yeah i i thought that was where we were gonna get the hook to season two and because we saw the one of the characters talking to another and it just turned out to be the mayor i thought we were gonna see him like hologramming in or having the the big bad guy hologramming in you know what i mean to show that the conflict is kind of bigger than we know but they didn't do that and I kind of respect that in a way. Yeah, like I don't know if the if there'd be some sort of hook to do something with uh, with Freetown and with Cobb Vanth as a potential season two thing, but I actually mm -hmm. miss the fact that there was a mid credit scene 
because it's very um, short and like it's Star Wars, so you don't always necessarily very short, expect it. Yeah. Like we did get it at the end of uh, of season two of the Mandalorian for the Book of Boba Fett mm-hmm. promo. But like I finished the episode, I started just skimming through the credits and I missed it that way just by jumping. It was ahead. very short, but yeah, somebody somebody warned me in my chat. That there was a mid credit scene, so I was like scrolling ahead and I didn't see it because it was so short. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was like, whatever. I guess I'll, I'll wait anyway. But yeah, it was a very. And I mean, that that was a bit of a. I mean, I, I find it hard to call a mid credit scene disappointing because it's kind of extra anyway. Yeah. But it's like, obviously he survived. Did anybody really think he died? <laughs> yeah. Like I did my first video having not seen that scene. It was only when someone pointed it out. Yeah, to me I noticed the, that in the comments. But like. I was kind of annoyed at how they handled it before then, where it's like, okay, Cobb mm-hmm. Vanth, we're all pretty sure he survived, but it it's the kind of thing that Star Wars ends up doing a lot, where it's like, you want to have the impact of him being gunned down as this mm-hmm. character we all like, uh, but you also want to have it like very easy for them to come back. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they, like the way that Cobb Vanth was handled there, it kind of is lessened by showing him in the back to tank later but like the the bartender even says like oh he was gunned down not oh he's resting back at freetown like he doesn't mm-hmm. say he's gunned down but he's still alive also he's in the truck and we take him inside he just yeah because yeah when once you have him it it is it it's kind of a cheap way to to mm-hmm. get that shock while still using the character. And I just wish they would have been in more upfront if they were going to do either kill mm-hmm. him or don't. Yeah. And I'm glad they didn't kill him. He's definitely, he's actually one of my favorite, yeah. like new characters. Like Timothy Oliphant is so great with him as well. Um, like I, I am compared to like, if it, if it were Cod, uh, Cobb Vanth or Cod, Cad Bane. Cod Vanth is one of the Mon Calamari <laughs> one from last year. Yeah. If it were one of them to come out, obviously for me, Cobb Vamp, ten times out of ten, he's a way more interesting character. The actor is amazing, um, and he just he brings something really different to the role. I find. Yeah, it's he's just, a he's like he's very much a Western character, like he. Yeah. He's pretty he's like personable. he's the only one acting like he's in the in the old West on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the wiry gunslinger in appearance and personality. I saw someone write that, and I was like, that's basically the exact description of him. And, yeah. um, but yeah, he's just like, he's not, like, he's charismatic in a way that, like, the Mandalorian and Boba Fett just aren't. Yeah. So, it's good that he's around. Yeah, like, with the Mandalorian, at least it's like an endearing lack of charisma. Mm-hmm. Boba kind of just bumbles through stuff this season, which, yeah. like, he was fine. I didn't dislike it. It's just... He's he's got just enough of his uh, stoicism while still making some random comments that it kind of mm-hmm. is almost funny against itself. But yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not really one to complain about the uh, old hard ass Boba being gone though because yeah. like I don't know I didn't I, I maybe it's because I never had that like an enamoration enamor enamoration is that even a word. I was never enamored with the character, I yeah. guess. Um, like some people were, but I don't know. Yeah, I do. Just I just like... wish he had more time. And I feel like setting up mm-hmm. Cad Bane as a way for him to really explain what he's doing and why he's doing it, other than just mm-hmm. uh, the Tuscan angle. 
Like, I mm. think that would have been really like I I love the Cad Bane. It's not even a cameo because he he's like the best choice for someone to put in that role. Yeah. Of yeah. kind of this foil for Boba, and because they had the two episodes of Din, which I liked like as standalone Star Wars entertainment pieces, mm-hmm. but those were two episodes where we could have seen like Boba and Cat interact or some flashbacks maybe or yeah, yeah. it's just just more opportunities for Boba and Fennec in particular to mm-hmm. to kind of show what they want to do and Cat yeah. is the perfect way to have them work against someone coming from that similar background who can just let Boba actually show something <laughs> Yeah, I gotta say, too, Cad Bane, I, I thought he was great, like, just generally in the last episode as well. I know there were some... Honestly, I think the comp- the people complaining about the complaints about Cad Bane were probably more present than the actual complaints. Yeah. Um, there were some people who were messing around with the appearance to see what he'd look like, but, I mean, I, I don't think... I honestly think fans were pretty happy with his appearance, and I thought he looked even better in the finale. Yeah. Um, he, like, he looked perfect, in my opinion. Um and the voice was great like yeah. his lines i thought were really well done he was menacing i like how we addressed the fact that like why the fuck do people keep fighting mandalorians like we got that in um season two of the mandalorian as well where yeah where uh dinjarin gets in a a freaking gunfight against somebody like a duel like why would you ever do that yeah <laughs> i need to Just get one look. shot off you need to get 35 <laughs> in my eye hole good luck <laughs> but uh yeah he took it to him though like and i i haven't seen too many unhappy cad bane fans and i think for a good reason for one they do the character justice in appearance but he's also a total badass he takes it he takes it to boba he almost beats him and the good thing is now they also have a lot more time to tell stories this is just the end point assuming he is dead like we've already seen him in the bad batch they've got a ton of time between the Clone Wars and now, like they've got over twenty years. So, if I were a Cad Bane fan, I'd be happy because he's he's going to be in a lot more stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in live action again either. Okay, so I have I have a season two pitch for you now. Then, okay, this is this is the villain origin story for Toto. So, season two <laughs> arc is Toto setting up, like taking over the Pike Syndicate. There's actually was supposed to be a second post credit scene they thought it would spoil too much where it's basically mm-hmm. just the announcement scene for book of boba fett where mm-hmm. instead of boba coming in and shooting bib fortuna it's toto mm-hmm. coming in shooting a pike kicking them off their chair and sitting down with i don't know but the... kicking, you mean like like hovering and like knocking against yeah like a like... repulsor yeah. push yeah 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 with that Wookiee uh, no, Jedi in. from the uh, Jedi training episode of the Clone Wars is there as his deputy. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I'm in. Right. And uh, Gascon as well from the Clone Wars. They'll, they'll solve mysteries together. <laughs> there. Lucasfilm, you can use that. Uh, no royalties necessary. No royalties, yeah. It's so beautiful. We just want to see it brought to life. I, I was, I, I'm a little surprised they didn't show him because this show's been giving droids a lot of love. Yeah. Um, Maybe he's maybe he's destroyed. We can all just think about that. All right, what are the chances of Cad Bane not being dead? I I'd put her at fifty fifty because like especially with the yeah. with the Cobb Vanth stuff, like 
I know a I lot of like, made out of the the, yeah. the blinking lights. I don't think that necessarily matters, but like, mm-hmm. dude wasn't bleeding. That's usually a good sign if you want to survive. Yeah. Yeah, like there's definitely a chance that we get a shot of him like face up looking into the sky and then the gasp yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i'd like his little uh death rattle he gave off though um is like when he dies he lets out like a sound and it's just it's really funny dana thought he was a robot so yeah maybe he well, just I doesn't mean, have any internal f- organs you see, it would be kind of cool. I'm generally genu- generally not a fan of bringing him back, but if they make it so, like, he actually needs his respiratory tubes and stuff, like, integrated into, into his body and he turns half cyborg, that could be kind of sick. Yeah. Cyborgs are always kind of sick. Like, like kind of Fennec Shand like, but yeah. um, not like even more extensive like more more darth vader than fennec shant that would be kind of cool if they need a villain bounty hunter again who else do you think they go for bosk well that's where i'm kind of coming from with it yeah because like santi and him and boba are on the same team now yeah and dengar's got some lore about him now too where he's like Remember, did you see that? He's like the Dengar is all weird now. Uh, no, I didn't see. I mean, to be fair, the, Dengar always kind of uh, lame. But well, no, uh, fuck, I forget what his name is. Um, he's like he was. It was probably him in the Rise of Skywalker for a minute. Um, so Dengar was one was of the it? voices with the Jedi. Look up Rothgar Deng. Rothgar Deng. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god, that picture. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. So people are saying there's a lot of... um, There's evidence that that might be Dengar now. Ew. No. Right? I need need to rewatch Rise of Skywalker. He's only in it for a minute. He's on Kajimi, I think. I I watched it in theaters and then I haven't watched it since. Yeah, so, I watched it maybe. I watched it once while I was really drunk after Birria one night. Did Aura Singh die in. Yeah. Uh, don't they say in She's Solo died that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Aura Singh is cool but... because she's got that, that Boba connection as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Cad Bane is, I think, the coolest of the other bounty hunters, anyway. So maybe I'm just sleeping too much on the. On the Dengar and Bosk of it all, I've never, I've never thought Bosk was very, was that cool. So no, um, for me, if if it was going to be the bounty hunters, it'd be what's it called? The other two, um, what are their names again? Which other two? Uh, the other two bounty hunters, um, you know, uh, what are their names? Um, from from what? Yeah, the Gand and the other one. Oh, Zuckus and Vorlom. Zuckus and Vorlom, yeah. I always like they're them. more of the I, the comedy duo. If you're gonna try to slide them, in yeah, somewhere. I just thought they had the coolest designs. To be honest, yeah. mm-hmm. I'd like I'd be up for that. I think IG88 got enough. Cool, yeah. Well, we've got IG11 from Mando now. He's kind of had his. In my opinion, though, IG88 is the coolest bounty hunter. I okay. don't know. He does just... destroy the Death Star, and then the Rebels take credit for it. So, 
Did you ever play Shadows of the Empire? Uh, no. There's a scene... So, in that game, you fight... For one, you fight Boa Fett in a very difficult level called Gand Spaceport. Um, you know... Okay, sorry, I'm getting on a tangent. You know how they've got that theme for Boba Fett in The Empire Strikes Back, where it's like, dun, 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 dun. Uh, Boba Fett. I'm Bo- doing the Imperial Bo- March. Bo- but... Bo- Bo- Boba Fett. <laughs> no, it can't be I'm his theme Imperial... if it doesn't say Boba Fett. Fett! No, um, I forget what it's called. I, I looked at this on stream, but he's he's got like that theme where he's like, I think it's called The Bounty Hunter Departs or something. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, they play that in the Gand spaceport, or not Gand spaceport, um, whatever, Gaul spaceport, and uh, it's just, ever since then, I've got, like, I get a little bit of PTSD when I hear that fucking song, so I'm like, because you gotta fight him, then you gotta fight Slave 1 afterwards, it's like a fucking Dark Souls mission. <laughs> Did you, I don't, was it just me that, uh, when hearing the full theme song at the end was like, wait, has it been this the whole time? Do I need to go back and... No, I knew it wasn't. I was wondering why they did that. But anyway, I was disappointed they didn't have Boba Fett's kind of original music anywhere in the show, in hindsight. But it's because it's so cool. Yeah, I mean, they they mix it up with, like, the the Mando theme and everything, but... That was sick. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, there was definitely places to... To fit it in if they if they needed to, mm-hmm. but yeah. Oh well, okay. So I think that the cheesiness is a, is a a good segue because that was probably my biggest issue with the last episode, and a lot of people are kind of talking about this as well. It just didn't have, I think, the same polished feel that a lot of the like. There was a few continuity errors. One thing I noticed was um, was Chrysanthemum kept getting injured and then walking it off, basically. He'd be like... Yeah. He'd take, like, ten blaster shots. He'd need people supporting him walking down the walking down the street, and then he'd be running away a minute later. It's like, goddamn, I know Wookiees have that healing factor, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it would be even worse if it was coming right after episode five. Like, we mm-hmm. we had a bit of a, a drop to... Like, Filoni's not a bad director, just... Uh, what Bryce Dallas Howard did was no, she's great, fantastic. And then mm-hmm. this would have been probably standing out as even yeah, slightly worse compared to to that if there hadn't been Filoni. Yeah, I I kind of made a video about that where like you could tell Filoni's learning, but he's nowhere near where Bryce Dallas Howard is. Like the way she uses environments and stuff is just like completely next level. Where like with with Dave Filoni, it sometimes feels like he's just trying to get through the plot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, like, when Bryce Dallas Howard is doing it, she, like, has this flair. And, like, all, like the way she uses... There's, like, scenes for her, from her episodes of The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett um, that, like, are so memorable. Like, even just little things. Like, when I think of The Mandalorian, I think of that scene where the crane is pulling his ship out of the water. Yeah. Um, or in, like, The Book of Boba Fett, there's, like, a scene where when they're repairing the N1 and there's like the little skitters running around and stuff. And it's just like, she just nails it. And Filoni's very serviceable, but not to that level. And I think Rodriguez is probably even worse for star Wars than yeah. that. I don't know if it was like, uh, and just the combination of the writing with Rodriguez not being like the best match for that, but there was still like choices with how the action was done that, Mm-hmm. didn't work regardless and like i the the titan episode last season of mandalorian wasn't my favorite 
But like mm-hmm. the action, I thought was still really good. And I was actually kind of, I think what I said at the time, uh, when because when we were talking about the announcement of Book of Boba Fett being under him, was that I enjoyed the the action in the Titan episode, but I didn't really want to show. Like I was kind of just expecting Boba Fett to be a lot of that, but like the mm-hmm. action here really didn't match up to even that, and it was. Uh, that's just kind of a a weird disconnect there for me. Yeah, and I, I honestly don't think that it was... People are, are saying it's incompetence, and I think he's way too good of a director to, to say he's incompetent. I don't think yeah. that's the case. I, I think... And somebody put it in a really interesting way in my in one of my chats. Like He directed it like A New Hope, in a way. Um, okay. Where A New Hope is not a very well choreographed it's like the choreography for the fights in that movie is not very interesting. The, mm-hmm. the characters are standing in a hallway, they're getting shot at, and that's long sections of the movie. Um, and it's just, it's kind of silly. And yeah. this is a lot of what that was. It's just like, you know, we're in a much different time because like, if you pay attention, there are lots of little details that were clearly choices. Like everyone's talking about the, I'm sure if you've been on Twitter, you've seen everyone's, pulling apart the video of that guy spinning and doing a shot. It's like, that's not like objectively bad directing. That's someone making a decision that a lot of us don't like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a choice that's made like a lot in star Wars to just have those kind of weird parts of fights. Like Obi-Wan does it in episode four, Anakin Mm -hmm. and Obi-Wan stand on a table for a good 15 minutes. I think it is spinning their lightsabers Mm -hmm. around each other. So like Mm -hmm. weird kind of flares and fights is definitely, not unique to to that but it is kind of interesting to point out uh a new hope similarities there because like my kind of takeaway after the finale was more that i think book of boba fett is going to end up aging like the prequels did almost where yeah i agree like in the moment there's a lot of i think legitimate issues people have with that are quibbles or complaints or whatever uh that partially come from what your expectations might be going in for mm-hmm. either the quality level specifics of plot or whatever going in from Mandalorian season two. And there's some uh, other complaints, not quite like that about uh, what started off as really good treatment of uh, the Tuscans and analogies there for other more real world issue connections and people being happy about that. And then they just kind of get killed off screen and used as a prop kind of undercutting all the more positive elements earlier but mm-hmm. once you kind of move on in uh, in time from uh, from right now, and you end up with people like rewatching the series in the future without those expectations of like, oh, what are they going to do with the series? Are we going to get whatever quality of action? I think there will be mm-hmm. more of the kind of meme love of individual scenes mm-hmm. in a way that like if Mandalorian season one or two are going to be taken more as the original trilogy, the book of Boba yeah. Fett is kind of the, the prequels of that situation. Yeah. And I, I want to say too, if the Mandalorian had done that spin, no one would have looked twice at it. Yeah. I, I don't think anyway, um, maybe, maybe for a minute, but like, I think part of the issue was the characters, but you know, I, I actually agree. I think that this show has a lot of heart to it, yeah. which is kind of like what the prequels have too. like, I, I think the show is a really interesting mix, just like the prequels, of some cheesy execution, which is all of the prequels. Yeah. Um, 
some stuff that doesn't quite work out, but is still fun. Like, say what you will about this show, it's never a drag. Yeah. Like, in that's like the exact same as the prequels. Like, listen, if I'm watching Empire Strikes Back, if I'm watching Attack of the Clones, there are a lot of parts I don't like, but they're going to really cool places. It's full of creativity. It's fun. It's bright. Like, I get the exact same thing from this show. And it yeah. also has some spattering of some really good bits, just like the prequels do, um, especially with episode three. Like, some some legitimately really, really good stuff. Um, yeah, for me, though, I actually, like, I don't even need to be there because I'm kind of already in the... I already really like this show, like, especially right. the first especially the first four episodes. Um, I just... I love the setting. I love... Like, for me, bringing Max Rebo back, it's a little thing, but, yeah. like, that's something that I, you know, like, that's a... It's stupid to say that a blue elephant's a big part of your childhood, but, like, <laughs> when I... Like, I used to watch Return of the Jedi literally every day. I've seen every fucking angle of that blue elephant, um, even when he's hiding the back of Jabba's sail barge. So it's, like, to bring stuff like that and then tie it in with new stuff and then also bring in, you know, the the annihilator droids and bring in all this stuff from across star wars you know it's just it's cool for me yeah there's a ton of little things like that i think i've sounded a lot more negative on this series tonight than i actually am like i i really enjoyed a lot of it uh like most of it there the even the complaints i have about it are just minor stuff that i didn't like that didn't really interfere with my ability to enjoy the show i actually <laughs> really enjoyed this episode uh, and I, I thought reaction to it would be a bit more positive than it actually has been. But, mm -hmm. like, obviously, some of the action is kind of weird, like, and didn't make the most sense, like, shooting 20 mm -hmm. feet behind people or everyone hiding behind the car. But yeah. in terms of, like, doing what they needed to do for, uh, for it all to work out, I thought it accomplished that pretty well. The Rancor Empire State Building climbing was <laughs> was fun. Seeing the, the Scorponek in live action was really cool yeah. uh the just the something that i've really loved throughout it is the use of aliens which just we don't mm -hmm. see like i i've been trying to think of it and that scene that we had at the start with cad bane mock Shays, and the pike boss that's mm -hmm. gotta be the longest scene of just aliens talking that we've ever had like potentially of maybe the trade federation yeah yeah, well, even the Trade Federation, even like including the, that, yeah. the two, uh, it's the the two Neomoidians that are talking to each other from like two sentences after Sidious leaves the scenes. We don't even really have much mm -hmm. of that kind of thing. Like the the Separatist yeah, Council right. meeting, the Jedi Council meeting. There's always a human there's there. There's the human talking. You'll get one line from one of the other aliens because it is just it's much harder to make characters out of. Uh, non-humans because they have different facial structures they're more expensive to make like you can't relate to mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. the emotions of an alien the same way you can from a human character but it is more expensive to do so seeing that use when they could have just as easily made it be other human characters if they really wanted to I mm -hmm. did really enjoy that and it's something I hope we see a lot more in other series mm -hmm. well, that's a good point um, yeah and I think that this like this show is showing us that you know aliens could work just as well. Um yeah. especially like I mean for one everyone loved Garza as the Twi'lek. Everyone, I mean, come on. Everyone loved like 
the Gamorians, which is funny considering they're Gamorians. Um, so it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's good stuff. Um, and we're getting to the point where we can, or we, not like we have any part of it where they can, you know, pull off. It seems like they can seemingly, or just pull off these aliens at will. I don't know if that speaks to the budget of these shows or the technology, but I think it, in this situation, it kind of just gets back to the same thing you were saying earlier with Max Rebo and all the little world building elements where it, Mm -hmm. it probably is just coming from the showrunners or the writers, directors, just wanting to put those things in and finding a way to do it that worked out like Cad Bane uh, is kind of the biggest plot relevant one, but a lot Mm -hmm. of the characters that ended up being, uh, being aliens probably didn't necessarily have to be. It was probably just, Oh, I want to have like, I want to have this guy be a Twi'lek for the major domo. And hopefully that's something that they do see. Oh, that worked out there. We can do it again. I love the major domo for one. I like the first episode. I was a bit unsure because he was walking the line between yeah. silly and like a really funny person that I've probably known in law school. Yeah. And in this episode, he was just like fully. This is somebody like this is somebody that exists in the world. Like yeah. <laughs> probably in Lucasfilm. <laughs> well, it's it's one of the the things with Cobb Vanth as well, where it's like he's from Tatooine, isn't he? Like no one, no one else talks like that there. Mm-hmm, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. just that's just him doing things that are kind of weird, but it ends up working out. And it did take me a while to warm up to to the major domo, but by the end, I was shipping him and Pelly, so it's fine. Yeah, that's like people are. I was kind of the same with Pelly actually, because yeah. she they both ham it up. Like let's be honest, Pelly even more so, but she's just like it's she's just lovable in a way. Yeah, <laughs> like. Um, she almost and, has like child actor energy <laughs> in some yeah, delivery. Totally. Yeah, totally. So like, if they're together, and and I'm not going to be mad if they're together in the season three of the Mandalorian, yeah. <laughs> when they when they inevitably have to stop by a Tatooine because the secret Jedi temple is located there. <laughs> <laughs> Luke couldn't even be bothered to deliver Grogu and Percy has to send him off with our I was so thankful when Luke didn't show up. I, yeah. I love Luke, obviously, and we'll talk about episode six in due course, but he would have he would have dominated the episode, yeah. I think. And I'm personally, for my biggest gripe with this season, actually, as a whole, and definitely the last episode was Grogu. I yeah. like I love the character. I love the relationship, but I don't love him leaving Luke's Jedi Temple. Yeah, especially now instead of in the Mandalorian mm-hmm. if it was going to happen. So I guess should we uh should we maybe talk about episode 6 then before Yeah. Uh yeah, unless there's we'll any like final thoughts on the Scorpionek in particular before we move on. No, the Scorpionek was amazing. Um yeah. We both put out... Did you put your video out today? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, so we both put out videos um, on, on the Scorpionek. Um, just awesome. The way they, they brought that to life. Um, and, yeah, I mean, not much to say. It was very intimidating. <laughs> almost almost as impressive as our ability to get five to eight minutes out of a three-sentence paragraph. Well, there's a bit more in the... Um, I went with the the uh, scavenger's guide to droids more so than. Uh, oh really? There was quite a bit in the um, in the new essential guide to droids. There was yeah, a I got like the the battle of uh, of Cola and all that stuff. But 
I mentioned like them getting shipped off to Biss, but uh, at the end, mm-hmm. I think like the the fact that some people turned them into turrets was fun. I see. I didn't even catch that part because yeah, but I'm all about those RPG source books, babe. Maybe I'm all about them. Uh, no, I thought they Give were. I books. thought they were cool. Um, yeah, not much else to say about that. Yeah. All right, so the choice episode mm. six. I'm calling it mm. that. I don't think it was called that, but if this was the Mandalorian, it would have been called that. It was chapter six. No, I'm the the, title. the choice. Oh, oh, what was it actually called? I don't know. I, don't know. I assume it was like seven words because the Book of Boba Fett titles have all been a lot longer. Uh, maybe Wasn't it a man came from the desert or something. Uh, uh, sh- yeah, sh- from the desert come a stranger. Yeah, because cool, ti- cool title by the way. The first episode is stranger in a strange land. Then we have from mm-hmm. the desert comes a stranger. Then we have mm-hmm. like don't give yourself a stranger. <laughs> yeah. But, All right, so let's talk about, about thanks for that six. Um, the obviously the big. This is was the most high profile episode of the season for good reason. Um it was it was we saw Luke again, of course. We saw Grogu. The show goes fully into Mandalorian season three. Yeah. Like mask off. The last one, you know, it was kind of I think a pretty reasonable detour because showing what the Mando was up to kind of explained a lot. This time it was like not even pretending, it's like this is you know, yeah. this is your intro to season three. That's what I My guess. We got sorry, Cad Bane at the start of that episode. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, this is a great chance to build up those things I was talking about with Boba and Cad. And then it's Luke and Ahsoka who literally like, sure, you can say Mando is related to Boba's story. Therefore, Grogu is related to Mando's related to Boba's story. Therefore, Luke mm-hmm. is related to blah, blah, blah. And then Ahsoka, like... But they, they have no... Bear, they don't even know that Tatooine still exists. Luke, he thinks it's been blown up. Yeah, so my theory is... And this isn't really out there or anything. Um, my theory is that they probably did this because... They knew there was going to be a two-year break between mandalorian seasons and they knew that they had to do something to keep the mandalorian kind of like in the you know zeitgeist yeah um like i i truly believe that if if the mandalorian would i mean i think this i guess this is kind of obvious but if the mandalorian would have been coming out right after the show these episodes wouldn't have existed yeah um they just like and there's never really going to be a break like this again which is kind of crazy star wars shows for the next three, four, five years or longer are probably just going to be running nonstop, um, which is really good time to be a Star Wars YouTuber. But Hopefully. Or there's just so much yeah. content that we're superfluous and no one cares about the the extra stuff they've gotten their full. Like, are Marvel YouTubers a big thing? Yeah. Are they? I've never seen yeah. Marvel YouTube, so... No, they are. Okay, well, I had God. never seen Star Wars YouTuber, YouTube before I started, but um, there's actually a few Star Wars YouTubers who've got a Marvel page as well, but... um. What was I going to say? Uh, yeah, so this that's kind of one of the reasons why I want a season two to exist. I remember when Star Wars Battlefront 2 came out um, and we were like play testing some of the features and stuff. I was talking to some of the EA devs and I, I was just frank. I was like, I love Starfighter Assault, but like, why did you bother? Because it like it 
bifurcates the game essentially you know what i mean mm -hmm. and they're like because there's nothing else right now and we feel like we've got to do everything we can to keep you know we gotta yeah. we feel like we've got so many star wars fans we want to please and i feel like this was sort of a lesser version of that right where if this was a show that came out while there was more going on it probably could have been smaller scale and a bit more kind of about boba fett and that's why i hope we get season two but whereas this is kind of trying to keep all the crazy momentum that Star Wars probably unexpectedly gained from The Mandalorian, it probably affected the integrity of this show in a way, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there there's definitely a lot of that. But I'm not sure which of the upcoming shows are going to be that much smaller in scope either. Because like... This was kind of that chance with how it was set up, mm -hmm. but Ahsoka is going to be presumably like the the big thing leading into the next major plot line. Uh, mm -hmm. I guess Lando, if Lando is still happening, would be small. I mean, I don't think. I'm not sure. Like, like Andor, I like is going to be set in one time period that's kind of divorced from everything else going on right now. Well, Andor um, is going to be like such a big topic with like exploring the rebellion and probably a similar yeah. way to Rogue One. Maybe it will mm -hmm. be a lot more focused because there are so many other stories going over the. I'd call Rogue period. One a pretty focused show. Yeah, Even but it's it more on the, the galactic movie. implications. Like it's mm -hmm. it's about getting the Death Star planned, which I think is a pretty big. Yeah. You have the ghost in there, so there's a nice crossover yeah. for you. How long do you think until Hera shows up in live action? probably less than a year yeah whenever andor comes out yeah i assume okay. she'll be in that um andor ahsoka she's gonna be the next fennec showing up in everything yeah and she's been in a lot like she's probably she's like low-key probably the most used new eu character because she's been in video games she was she starred in squadrons she's starred in books and of course rebels and she was in the Clone Wars, so yeah. Uh, did yeah. did Fennec interact with Cad Bane and Bad Batch? I forget if like she rescued. Yeah, don't they fight? To, don't they fight when they're in like trying the, to get Omega the Camino and yeah. like facility? Okay, yeah, yes. Yeah, so I wasn't sure if that was uh, Fever Dream. If that had actually happened, yeah. So that would have that's kind of a, a missed opportunity there, I think. As much as that would have been more fan service of, oh, what if these characters did so? But that's a that's a backstory that exists that mm -hmm. if Cad Bane had been given a bit more room, uh, would have made sense oh, to have. One thing I forgot about the last episode is I was really surprised how brutally they killed all the crime bosses. Like they yeah. hung, she they just hung goes in or hanged the uh, Athorian, and an Athorian is all neck. It can't be easy to hang one of those things. So he's, yeah, like I was pretty sure he was going to finish going up into the ceiling it was going to be like a pulling him out and then yeah. shooting him drop no, off the side like oh god no broke they, his they neck. went for it okay yeah fennec doesn't fuck around no and people were like why isn't boba doing that so like that's was never she's an assassin that's like what she does like yeah. that would was never boba's thing yeah boba would like use high-tech gadgets to blow up the mm -hmm. blow up the whole room but mm -hmm. i on the one hand, you know he's going to get the Rancor. But on the other hand, you kind of think, like, why aren't you going to get Slave 1? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, like, the the 
the rationale or the explanation is obvious because it's a western and you gotta ramp run through the town killing people mm -hmm. but yeah also could have been cool to see slave one well yeah it's like you just fly slave one into the into the i can't pro, not protodeck a scorpionic whenever the uh when the rancor gets its name finally i'm gonna make a joke about how it's not that name it's boba fett's rancor <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be just funny bide your time <laughs> Yeah, so I can't wait till it gets its name. I'm going to be making a post about it and be super cheesy. I was very tempted to buy the Boba Fett Starship Lego set in Walmart yesterday. Is I'm going to buy the uh, I'm going to buy the Luke Dark uh, Dark Trooper one because it's like thirty bucks. Oh, is that? I didn't know that was when that was coming out. Yeah, it's coming out in March. It's just like it's like just the hallway. There's like three Dark Troopers. Um, but no, I've been kind of I've been kind of tempted to buy some of them too like some of the mandalorian stuff looks pretty cool yeah like i'm i'm still waiting to get my titanic i i absolutely am buying a titanic lego set and it's gonna be gigantic but like mm -hmm. lego is the one aisle that i'd always go to when i go to the oh to the for store. sure i have not bought yeah. lego in ever actually i don't think i mm -hmm. ever did because uh, mm -hmm. i it's expensive yeah but i i just i go and look at the aisle and see what's there every time and then mm -hmm. I look at the price tag, and then I leave. Does the uh, Slave One come with like the Mando figurine as well? It does, doesn't it? Uh, I don't remember. I don't. I don't know. But it. I didn't. That one didn't even have a price tag. But there was. Uh, there was another ship next to it that was like seventy bucks for fewer pieces. So I was. Mm -hmm. I just. I just left. Now he's by the uh, eight hundred and ninety nine dollar Millennium Falcon or eight hundred and fifty dollar Star yeah. Destroyer. Uh, I'm doing the nine or the eight hundred dollar Titanic instead. I, I need something well, that's not Star Wars. <laughs> well, I've got the two hundred dollar uh, Queer Eye set. Yeah. Well, that's for that's for Kelsey though. So you need to have your own. No, it's not. It's for me. Oh, I thought you told us it was for her. Yeah, well, I was just coming to terms with the fact that it's for me. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you could go get a different one now as well, and then you can both... Oh, yeah, no, it's for Kelsey, you're right. Well, yeah. Because like, I, I like Star Wars stuff. I'd love to have a nice Star Wars Lego. The Executor would be a lot of fun as well. But... Uh, I don't think that would be fun. I think it's so much gray and so repetitive that it would be less fun than a normal set. Well, yeah, like the, the Titanic has other colors going on and yeah like, the titanic does but the executor yeah no that's what i'm saying like that's why i'm going for oh, the yeah. titanic instead of a star wars set we're like i have all this this is all star wars and, and some pikmin and shit but mm -hmm. uh but there's a chance if i get a titanic that i can put it outside of my my little office mm -hmm. area without dana just shoving it back down here someday but you know I'm looking on Lego and like everything Star Wars is out of stock. So it's yeah. like good everything, luck. Anyway. Everything is out of stock. My sister's been but, buying Lego allegedly for my nephew. Uh, <laughs> where it's just like the character heads, Marvel character heads, which he doesn't want to fucking mm -hmm. play with. It's for her. She's yeah, just little, annoying. Are you serious? That's the worst toy ever for a kid. Yeah. Sorry. She buys them. My brother-in-law builds them. And then they go up on a shelf where my nephews can't play with them. So she needs to just admit who it's for. But anyways... Uh, yeah, that's all out of stock. But the Razor Crest is kind of sick, actually. I don't like the ship that much. Well, I like the ship. I just think it's ugly. But it comes with Grief Karga, the Mandalorian, uh, IG Eleven, Baby Yoda, and a Stormtrooper, and the ship plus like 
Yeah. It's got like a, it's, he's got a, somebody in carbonite and I can eventually smash it. Be fun. But you were saying with episode six that mm. you thought the choice Luke was presenting was going to be, uh, he'd ultimately let him have both. I still think okay, so I don't think I, I still think he did. I like I still don't think he's doing the old Jedi thing. Yeah. I think he's probably not making a like I think Luke is kicking Grogu out not because he's abiding by doctrine, but because he honestly doesn't think he's it's in his best interest. Well, I think the like, the thing that keeps like the more important part is when Luke said his heart isn't in it. Exactly. Not that like, oh, you still have this attachment to the Mandalorian. And like he was definitely trying to warn Grogu about attachments because he mm-hmm. knows himself how he almost got everyone killed. Like as as much as it yeah. did help him save Vader or redeem his father, he mm-hmm. almost got everyone killed when he ran off to Cloud City and left Yoda. So yeah. he knows both sides of how that can be both good and harmful. But mm-hmm. the main thing that made him uh, give Grogu that choice is because Grogu didn't seem like he was that interested in being there. Yeah. yeah. Again, his heart, his heart wasn't in it. And so like, I think if he had picked the lightsaber, for example, he would have got to keep the, the best car. Yeah. And I still um, think he'll end up with Yoda's lightsaber. Like, I don't think Luke was like, it's a nice symbolic thing in the moment, but I don't think Luke was going to be like, okay, this is something you're never going to have. Yeah. I was expecting him to pull it out during the battle actually. But I wasn't going that far with it, but I like, I still think he'll, there's a chance he'll get some sort of extra training with Luke at mm-hmm. some point, but he, he, he's probably more in the Ahsoka camp where like Jedi just isn't what he wants to be. Yeah. And, like, I mean, he's still just a kid, so yeah. he's got time. Like he'll be, you know, he, he can go probably train with Ray at some point and still like, he won't be yeah. much older. <laughs> we'll have a nice a kid. A movie with like Rake, Crook, and and Grogu going around the galaxy. <laughs> he should have instead of having the Beskar and Yoda's lightsaber, it should have been the Beskar and Cook Rook's hat. I would have loved if uh, if they set it up in Mandalorian season two for Luke and it's just Cook Rook fighting down the uh, dark troopers. <laughs> he should just get digitally edited into every Star Wars scene with Jedi in it. <laughs> Oh my God! It's oh, what's his name from Dark uh, Dark Empire? Um, Cam Sol, you sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. <laughs> what we've lost. Uh, no one would recognize him. He's only been it. See, like if it were Kyle Katarn and they tried to make it Kyle Katarn, I think I think I would know. I'd be like, okay, he's wearing a shirt kind of like the one I'm wearing now, probably with some yellow underneath. <laughs> He's got a he's got a gun out at the same time. Like yeah, that's like yeah, that's Kyle Katarn. He's got a big hole in his uh, chest from being stabbed by Jason. Yeah, yeah it's Kyle. But like, Cam Solisar, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I don't even know what the dude looks like. <laughs> he looks like uh, just the blandest man you could imagine. Actually, second yeah. blandest because uh, Kent Hamner is the blandest. No, because when you say Kenth Hamner, I think, okay, he's an old man. <laughs> he's well, yeah. an old prospector. No, he's old Oh, no, that's... Uh, that's yeah, Shreen. no, sorry. I was thinking of Streen. Yeah, you're right. Kenth Hamner is kind of boring. But I, at least I know he's a dick. 
he's just too uh, too stringent. The same way that like Zek and Kip are the same character. I always kind of thought of Kent and Cam as being the same character. Yeah, Zek and Kip are totally the same character. <laughs> it's so unnecessary to make one when you had the other, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's talk about the uh, big CGI bear in the room. Right. Um. What did you? What? What did you? What are your? What is your take? Just give me your take. Everyone's I, got a take. Give me yours. I think it looks good. I think it sounded fine. Mm-hmm. I don't like necessarily the implications of the technology being used that way. I'm happy that Mark Hamill is happy with it in this instance, but like I don't, I don't necessarily love where that's going to be going as far as. Uh, safety for voice actors in the future or listening to the uh live action thrawn trilogy with luke Han and leia made 50 years after both mark hamill and harrison ford die (laughs) yeah Uh, it's tough because i can't figure out how i feel about it too because on one hand it's like i really like it in in that episode more than mando season two i really liked it I would have liked it even more, I think, had a voice actor done it. And I think that wouldn't have been intrusive at all, considering, yeah. like, you know, voice acting is something that you could match a lot more easily than yeah. someone's face. I've seen a lot of people um, saying that, like, oh, Mark Hamill's a voice actor. He should have done it. But, like, he did the Forces no. and Destiny thing. It's not It's not great. Yeah, and he's an, he's an older man now. Like, yeah, he doesn't he sound doesn't like he would like when he was in his 20s. Um, It'd be more believable to have someone else who sounds more that age do it than have, like, actual yeah, Mark course. Hamill do his younger voice. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so, like, it's hard for me because, for me, I always had, you know, watching Solo, I, I sometimes didn't feel like the character was the same character, you know what I mean? Like, I sometimes didn't feel like that character was Han Solo. Um... But where, when, like, where Mark Hamill is comfortable with himself being used in that way, I don't think Harrison Ford would ever have been. Well, I got bad news for him. Indiana Jones 4 is coming out, and it's definitely going to be young Harrison Ford scenes. Yeah, but like for a full movie of... I don't know. I, I don't think we'd ever be able to get... I don't think I would actually like that either. Of a whole I don't, movie I don't think of I would like age like that, or not de no. like entirely digitally reconstructed for it. Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't know. Um, it it's it gets weird at that point, especially when it's the three soulless machines interacting yeah. with each other. I mean, um, I I didn't have. I actually I liked the recast. I thought it was a good recasting for for Han. I'd be mm-hmm. fine with that happening with Luke, so I'd probably prefer that over trying to like digitally plaster people into. Even though I, I do think it looked really good, I think it sounded really good. It, I think it's great for cameo mm-hmm. stuff like that, but I don't know. I, you know, it's interesting too. We got another small look at a possibility in Revenge of the Sith with the Tarkin. Um, obviously, you know he's just on the bridge for a second talking to. I think it's. Palpatine or maybe Vader mm-hmm. um I mean but, you know, also that... in Rogue One well yeah but I mean that's the you know they they went with the D but in in Revenge of the Sith he's not de-aged he's got prosthetics on yeah like it's not and it's kind of funny too because what's the guy's name is a guy Henry who played Tarkin in Revenge of the Sith or sorry in Revenge of the Sith in um in Rogue One they should have just went with his face because 
he looked a lot like Tarkin. Um, yeah. Like, I was, at the time when Rogue One came out, like, I was... Look up Guy Henry Tarkin, and look at the one where he's got all the motion tracker beads on his face. Okay. Uh, but, like, Is at that... the time, I wasn't, up, like, I was not, I didn't agree with the criticisms of it, but I've kind of gotten more on board with it. Mm-hmm. More as we go on of, like, okay, maybe this is a little bit creepy. Like, I thought Leia but, looked great. I thought Tarkin was fine, but... The problem that we have now that we didn't have... So, like, it's easy in the prequels. You cast Young Mon Mothma, that's fine, because we don't know what Young Mon Mothma looked like. But mm-hmm. when you get to, like, when they want to do their big Thrawn type thing, or whatever it is, it's tough because we know the start point of, like, what the characters looked like when they were younger, what they looked like when they were in the in the you know older so i think a lot of people are going to be thrown off by having sebastian stan step in as luke you know what i mean so it's like i i I feel like they're kind of in a lose-lose situation because they've made such like revolutionary technology um yeah i I don't i don't know what they should do like i i don't know like just to be honest i don't know if i would have reacted the same way at the mandalorian season two if it had been somebody else and like i'll never know you know what i mean yeah yeah, I don't know. It's it's just weird because like, mm-hmm. thirty years down the line, when they're still making uh, the young adventures of Luke and Han, like, what's the solution there? Like, what's going to be hopefully be animated? <laughs> yeah, like what's yeah. what's the least weird way to do that if that's going to happen? And is that a thing that then needs to happen if there's that many questions around? what you're doing like I, I do think it would be very difficult to have these stories and not have luke anywhere in them uh mm-hmm. whether the best way to do that on all fronts is going to be a an animated solution like like a deep fake situation like this or recasting i don't know well the real problem is going to be when when leia comes yeah because she's she's dead <laughs> what she's, she's gone <laughs> carrie fisher's gone um and, and like, like at that point, yeah, I think you got to use Billy Lord, right? Yeah, because she looks like her too, close enough. Yeah. And maybe it does get easier at a certain point when they move a little bit away. You know, like when they get in that midpoint between the, because like, you know what, Mark Hamill in his, you know how he's got like that middle aged makeup in uh, the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look that much like you know. He looks pretty different. Um so maybe at some point they'll hit that sweet spot where they can tell stories in that time period but it's gonna be it's gonna be weird i don't know what they'll do yeah like the other way that i've been thinking about it that makes me kind of go back and forth on it is like well how do i feel about just like straight up animated shows where like they're doing fundamentally the same thing that's true less detailed or more stylized whereas like animated luke is still like doing that younger appearance of mark hamill and yeah it's not like it's not exactly him but it's still his appearance it's still this other person or machine or whatever that's going to be doing his voice i i think the difference is that one's not pretending to be the other you know right. what i mean yeah well like but, with the way animation mm. goes like there's kind of a sliding scale of uh animation qualities and styles i guess like almost realistic uh mm-hmm. that i don't know where's that line 
You know, and you could arguably say the same thing even about clones in Attack of the Clones or George Lucas with any of his CG characters. It's it's a little different now because you're taking away, you're replacing a, a specific person, but even with, you know, like Star Wars was one of the first, well, really, Jar Jar was the first fully CG character in a live action movie. Well, not he was one of the first. I think there are some others. But, you know, Star Wars is kind of pioneering in that. So I'm kind of curious to... For one, I gen- I generally don't give a shit when people reference George Lucas and, like, what he likes. And especially when it's, like, George Lucas hated Mara. George Lucas loved this. He hated it. I don't give a shit. But I am ca- I am actually really curious to, he- to hear what he thinks about this. Because yeah. I think that he would kind of be into it. <laughs> yeah. I know he definitely... Well, I mean, I don't know anything because I don't know the man. But I think he'd probably be really into the volume as well. Which I imagine is why he showed up. In the Mandalorian, I I doubt he gives any shit about the story or anything at this point. But, um, but yeah, I I'd be curious to hear his thoughts on the the actors thing. I mean, he had the right way to do it though. Like he he really future proofed it, where you just cast the older version, like cast the person first, make them play mm-hmm. the old version first, and then mm-hmm. when you do the prequel thirty years later, then it works out. Because that's how we got Palpatine, and Palpatine's mm-hmm. been great. Well, yeah, the same guy the whole time. Um, yeah. Except but, for in episode yeah. uh, five. Oh, yeah, that's right. They got the other guy for for a while. No, it was a woman first. A woman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny how well Ewan McGregor has worked out, isn't it? Yeah. Because, like, I swear it's like he's converging with, like, Alec Guinness in appearance. <laughs> It's it's kind of crazy, especially considering how old was he when when he was cast. He must have been very early twenties, right? Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if like the casting director just kind of had the eye or like well, or what. But I think it. I think same it's with the Chewbacca. Obi-Wan. Great job on Chewbacca. Yeah, like he looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it's the Obi Wan casting where there was like some DVD feature or something where they talked about how they were casting for uh, for Obi Wan. There was like some very specific facial features that they were looking for like the mm. triangle of like the top of the nose to like the corners down at the bottom of the nose and it was that Ewan was such a close match for uh for Alec Guinness that that was a part of how he got the role mm-hmm. so I don't think that's that a coincidence sense. I think that's kind of no just I don't yeah I don't think it was a coincidence either but it's just like it's it's like believable at this point that they're the same person like <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe I'm maybe other people don't see it that way, but I don't know. It's just like I feel like he's just. I I guess part of it's probably makeup and on purpose and stuff too. But um. But yeah, um, it's like and it's funny because like on some occasions he does a good job, and then it's like Uncle Owen, not Brew. He's just like fuck it, give me two young attractive people. <laughs> yeah, but now they get to be they get to reprise their roles as. Old Baru and Owen. Mm-hmm. How old was Alec Guinness? And yeah, so there's only a 12 year age gap between you and now and Alec Guinness in episode four. So we'll see. Yeah, what he's I doing heard some. Four skull I heard stuff. some crazy. F- how how old was he in 1977? He was 62, and okay. Ewan is 50 now. Yeah. Mark Hamill. Oh, in, in 2015, Mark Hamill is now the age of Alec Guinness in 1977. That was 
seven years ago. Crazy. Um, but yeah, so there's no people that are gonna be like, so what do they think? Well, there's no easy answer on this. Yeah. It's like we we're not gonna decide this one issue in in a podcast. Uh, the episode worked for me though. I, like, it was maybe a bit too jam packed with uh, cameos, but listen, it was cool. Um, and I I think the the two kind of extra ones I think both Cad Bane and um, Cobb Vanth made sense as well, which helped. Yeah. Like one thing I gotta say is people talk about how Star Wars is is leaning too much on nostalgia and and to be fair sometimes they do but it's also kind of insane how excited people are people get now over characters that aren't from the movies Cobb Vanth being revealed is an exciting moment and he came from the Mandalorian the Mandalorian being revealed is an exciting moment yeah he came from from Aftermath yeah um and like same with Cad Bane like these are like this is Star Wars you know like I, I think to me like a strength of an expanded universe generally is when you get characters that can live on their own and like the Mandalorian is doing that. Um, you know, lots of EU characters of course do that. Um, so yeah, good stuff. Yeah. It's like I want my problem with the, not problem, but like the downside with the cameos, how they are right now for me is just that there was if they had just kept it to just the Cad Bane and Cobb Vanth cameos, I think that would have mm-hmm. allowed more mm-hmm. room to use them a bit better. And Agreed. when so much of the shows in season two of The Mandalorian and here ended up being those cameos, it doesn't let the new characters especially have that room to breathe and become the cool cameo for next time. Like Fennec got enough room that uh, mm-hmm. that Bad Batch ended up being... Like a a cool cameo that oh that's Fennec showing up but yeah like now yeah you're right who do we get out of this that was given enough time to really shine Santi well and that should have been Cobb Vanth because yeah. he's from in my opinion the best the best or second best episode of season two of the Mandalorian um and and you're right i was kind of thinking about that myself too where it's like sometimes it's really easy to go to luke and grogu because people are going to love it and it's probably going to be good as well but if they had been a bit more restrained and kept it to cad and uh cobb i think that might have been more more rewarding in some ways yeah it's like luke and grogu was gonna happen like it you were gonna get that somewhere and mm. I think this would have just been a, a better opportunity to give some other people the spotlight who are more connected to what's going on. Yeah, again, I think that comes back to just, like, they need to keep the... Like, for some people, that wouldn't have been enough, though, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for me and you, that would have been enough, but for, like, my mom, maybe not. <laughs> or, like, if Kelsey were watching this series and she she didn't watch this one... Like, she wasn't interested in this until I told her there was a Grogu episode. And, like, now she wants to watch, go back and watch those ones. Yeah, fair enough. But, yeah, I, I don't know. But maybe Kelsey would have just turned out to be a really big fan of a more fleshed out uh, mods group. Drash and... Like, well, we, we the problem is I couldn't, get her through the, I couldn't get her through the door, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, and, it, and I still haven't. Like, so, she just wants to watch it before the season three comes out, so... I mean, Mando season one was like the biggest thing Star Wars has had in a long time. 
and it was such a self-contained relying on new characters thing that like we mm-hmm. we did get those kind of elements out of it and like i'm not opposed to having the cameos but when it's every episode or when it's taking over the episodes quite so much then it's a little bit too much for me i mean you do gotta kind of gotta wonder what mando season one looks like without grogu though because he was like pop yeah. culture phenomenon um yeah but star wars is always going to have something like cutesy or funny that kind of works in that way because bb8 was the same thing r2 has always kind of been that mm-hmm. that like yeah. maybe like you don't you don't strike gold like you did with Grogu every time, obviously. Yeah. But I'm not saying like the the secret to Mando's success was just that it was those things, but it clearly the formula can work that way. And if you're going to get anything new out of it, then that's kind of the way you got to do it. Yeah, we need right. something to mine for other content sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think we've kind of talked a lot about anything. Like, do you have closing thoughts or anything? We can get to questions uh no i enjoyed it i enjoyed the season uh what would you like to see for season two if if it happens like what's give me like give me two pitch me like two ideas i already did did you what were they toto okay well give me another one then uh i don't know what else like i don't know that there needs to be a season two for any of the tatooine based stuff other than Mm -hmm. like one episode where we get to see Cobb standing up and stretching for 15 minutes i'll be satisfied with that because then we just hey you're good let's let's go do something else like maybe if he if boba is trying to expand off tatooine or let us know what boba is actually doing with this underworld criminal faction other than protect mm-hmm. mos espa but yeah if that's i, I want to see him like too. go to narshida and you know uh, not for any like story reason i just want to go to narshida well, we still don't know what Bob is actually going to do with this crime syndicate that he wanted to set mm-hmm. up. We know he's protected yeah. uh, Mos Espa from the from the Pikes, and that's a good thing. That's a nice goal he's accomplished. But what is he doing now? See, that's the thing that kind of does lead me to believe that there is a season two, unless they unless they really were just spinning their tires and were like, we need to put some content out. I don't know. They spent a lot of time developing Boba in those first episodes, and like for me, it. Like, and this is maybe a criticism of the season, but it does feel like a lot of it will have spent building the foundations. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like it'd be a shame to waste that now. Yeah. I mean, it's not wasted because you can tell it in other mediums, but it's wasted in a way. Yeah. Like, um, Boba could become the, the cameo character that we're complaining about taking over time on other shows now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. 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 Okay. So that's our thoughts. Those were our thoughts on the Book of Boba Fett. episodes six seven and also the season um should we get to some emails mr Corey? we will get to some emails uh for anyone who ducks out during the emails next week we will be doing the second book of the hand of thrawn duology have you started it i have started it vision of the future a nice 700 page read so get started early and often (sighs) uh have you started yet yeah i'm let me check I'm, i'm actually decently in i'm got 16 hours left in my audiobook so i'm like probably over a third in what part are you at uh i i'm i think i'm less than 50 pages in i'm not super far at all i'm like just at they just got in the facility on near one Uh, mara's been shot oh spoiler come on but yeah so we'll be talking about vision of the future next week the week after that i don't think we've decided uh 
week after that will be survivor's quest and then i was actually thinking for 99 maybe we'll do just like a straight up question episode we did one of those before sure. people seem to like that just mm-hmm. wrap up the first 99 episodes of tab cap before we get into uh the new and improved episode 100 on Mm-hmm. but uh yeah so questions we have a bunch we have actually 69 in our inbox right now 69 emails nice so we weren't we're not going to get to 69 emails tonight but most no. of them are from hello fresh <laughs> so it's <laughs> fine shit i just gave him the sponsorship oh no all right delete the episode well, where we start hello everyone actually, welcome I, to I, another I've episode hello, i've got a hello fresh meal to cook for my channel so okay well, there you Kelsey's, go. Kelsey's getting mad at me because we we get we we get um, the meal box already, and they sent more mm-hmm. for the sponsorship. So like my fridge is too full of food, which is a, the most first world problem of all time. It's not really food though; it's like packaging and like boxes and shit. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, now we've done even more free product placement. Yep. So good job on that. <laughs> Uh, our first question comes from Dakota, one of the ones we got for last week's episode, asking us, do you think the Mandalorian season three will be about the Mando attempting to bathe in the waters of the mines of Mandalore and contacting Bo-Katan? Imagine a scenario where they gather an army of Mandalorians and take back the planet from their Imperial overlords. No one comes down to him choosing the sacred well. He turns his back on his teaching. I genuinely have no clue. I thought about this after episode five. And I, I have no idea what the Mandalorian season three is going to be. Yeah. Like he's Especially definitely going to be Grogu's return now. Yeah. He's definitely going to be kind of giving up the children of the watch teachings at some point. And I think we've kind of hit a breaking point with that, but uh, I don't know like if it'll be a whole season of us watching him do something. We know he's going to ultimately turn his back on in some way. Mm hmm. But we did yeah. watch a season of him sending Grogu to Jedi school and for him to turn his back He's on gone that home now. before the next yeah. show. He was just, so what do I know? Uh, yeah. Never mind. Scratch that. Yeah. Uh, do you have one open? No. Okay. Sorry. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> I thought you would read them. All of them? <laughs> There's a lot of them. You read you read the next one, I'll get the one after that. I'm just I'm overwhelmed by the amount of emails to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to stick to the ones uh just about Book of Boba mm. Fett so far, but cuz some we can Well, we'll what probably was the last one you some. read? Let me see. Uh Khalil's there, but that was a question for before this episode, I think. Cuz it was about uh Cad Bane and Boba dueling. If you think yeah. Cad Bane and Bo will do all. I, I guess we can answer that. I do think they will do <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so I'll read Aaron's next. Okay. Okay, I'm I'll not up on any Obi-Wan show rumors. Me neither. Um, when we see Grogu's memory of Order 66, he is taken captive by the clones. I don't know if that's true. What if somehow Obi-Wan learns that Grogu survived? Could this be one of the few things that would propel him to leave Tatooine? Is he the one that rescues Grogu? It's a theory. Um... Yeah, I don't, I don't think Obi-Wan will be the one that rescues him. I think, like, there's the whole Barriss's symbol on the door nearby thing. Is it going to be her? I think I'd put that as more likely than Obi-Wan, at least. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. Okay, slightly off off topic, but I'll, I want to read this one because it's pretty well... It's, you know, very... It's written out and everything. Um, 
And it's got a lot of substance to it. This is from uh, Seamus, who says, when reading Thrawn Ascendancy Lesser Evil, he feels like that we, especially me, wouldn't have given it such high rating if Timothy Zahn's name wasn't attached. Not that this was a mistake or anything, but he's asking kind of, is it hard to rate media without kind of your perceptions and being biased by the real world context? And for me, I definitely struggle with that. Like for me, knowing that it's Timothy's on writing, there's probably yeah a higher baseline than an author I don't like. Yeah, for sure. Like going in, in some cases it can be harmful to it where it's like going in knowing it's Timothy's on, for example, and then is that going to raise your expectations and if the thing isn't quite good enough, is that going to lower it more than it would have otherwise? But it, it's kind mm-hmm. of impossible to not have uh, your opinion skewed by contextual elements like that, whether it's who wrote yeah. it, who you're talking to after the fact, uh, what their opinions are. Because like, I'm sure both of us have had our opinions retroactively changed about a book we literally just read based on conversations we've had here or the impression the other gave not through like, Oh, you like this thing. I'm going to convince you not to, or uh, you didn't, I'm going to convince you too, but just like hearing you talk about uh, lesser evil, even probably mm-hmm. lower or the ascendancy trilogy probably lowered my opinion of it. Uh, just talking me down from my, from my chiss high horse. But mm-hmm. I, th- I think there's a lot of factors that can influence it like that. So yeah, I remember sure. distinctly there being a moment when I was watching The Rise of Skywalker where I was like, I'm going to get home and the internet is going to be just absolutely bitching about this movie, but I'm enjoying this part of it. So fuck the rest of that. And like, obviously, I don't have the highest opinion of The Rise of Skywalker, but in that moment watching the movie, especially there were a lot of parts of it that I just enjoyed as scenes in a movie that coming out of it do get influenced in different ways yeah i'm like that a lot too especially where like it's it's a bit difficult where youtube's my job now so it's like yeah it's like a lot i spent a lot of time thinking about like just kind of selfishly like okay what, what does this mean yeah <laughs> and like i honestly shouldn't because i could probably get more views when something's bad and i'm bitching about it um but yeah yeah definitely end up just because of what we do thinking a lot more about any of that stuff than if we were just reading it on our own for sure yeah uh but the next question comes from jeff who asks i'm curious on your thoughts on the show explicitly revealing the ahsoka and luke connection is so personal and familiar Fuel provides an amazing opportunity to tie canon clone wars rebels thrawn together similar to the way that the expanded universe did Alternatively, it seems to raise a lot of potential for plot holes given how much direct experience and knowledge Ahsoka had about the Republic, the Jedi Order, the Clone Wars, Maul, etc. Personally, I could see Ahsoka and Luke doing the Vision of the Future, Nero on Fortress Invasion while investigating Thrawn in place of Myra and Luke, or going to the Crystal Caves on Ilum. Do you have any ideas for the future Mando content involving the two of them together that are now enabled by this? I kind of feel like they're, they may do a bit of um, let our imagination go for it you know what i mean like i i don't know i don't know if they're going to i don't know if they're really going to outline what they discussed and like i, I think she kind of serves as a way for us to now assume that luke knows most of the things that we know mm-hmm. 
but I don't think we're gonna, you know, have the scenes of them hash really hashing it out. Yeah. Like the the main takeaways from their relationship are probably gonna be things that are just basic knowledge that we don't need to see them exchanging because like we know it. And yeah. I think it's one of the interesting differences between Legends and Canon here, where in Legends, when you're seeing Luke set up the Jedi Order and trying to do all this stuff to figure out what the Jedi were like, it was because like there was a real world reflection there where the audience had all these questions like, oh, what was the Jedi Order before that Obi-Wan and Yoda were from? And there's some wild ass shit that some of the old books think the Jedi Order were like and that Luke therefore thinks the Jedi Order were like, which ends up fitting because it's like there's no way he could have known there's no way the author could have known there's no way any of us could have known but if we saw that now i think it'd be more frustrating than anything like reading a 500 page book about how luke uh luke thinks yoda spent 500 years on dagobah and that was how the jedi worked like i'm Mm -hmm. much happier just saying like oh ahsoka gave him the the lowdown here that's how he knows some of these tenants of the jedi she's coming away with it with a very different opinion of the jedi than luke is going to have mm-hmm. where he's trying to like reestablish that tradition she's like hey maybe that kind of sucked and then we kind of hear yoda say yeah we kind of fucked that one up later but <laughs> yeah that was not great <laughs> page turners they were not yeah yeah no it's just like now if somebody mentions darth maul it's like and luke happens to be there it's like okay if he responds you know there's a reason why oh ahsoka must have filled him in yeah it saves the audience uh, some busy work. So thank you, Ahsoka, for that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's get to some more here. Uh, Clam says, Clam, the daimyo of Empire War Expanded. Uh, or sorry, he's asking you as the daimyo of Empire War Expanded. Why don't missiles penetrate... There's the recurring question. Why don't missiles penetrate shields? And in this episode... Sorry, I'm just completely reading this wrong. Oh, okay. This is the, this is the question is distilled. Is Episode Seven of the Book of Boa Fett the best illustration of how shields work in Star Wars? We see several characteristics of combination ray slash particle shielding, including, as Mando points out, that they stop both energy and projectile weapons. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know about best. Like, I think it's a a good representation of some different shield mechanics, but mm-hmm. like shielding just kind of works differently wherever it ends up showing up. Uh, this is our best visual representation uh, of shields in action that we get for mm-hmm. anything. Because usually it's just, oh, shields are up. Let's not go through that. And then they're down. Yeah. And then you do stuff about it. But here we get to see people actually fighting and working around them. Like even the Droidica in episode one. It's like, oh, shields up. We leave. We'll force mm-hmm. speed down the hallway. Yep. Yeah. Well said. Okay. Let's get to the next one. Do you want to read the next one, Corey? Sure. Uh, was curious. This is from Neil, who asked, I was curious to hear your guys' take on redemption of Boba Fett's character. Seems aside from the Emperor, popular villains are often redeemed, Vader, Thrawn, and now Boba. I'm not against the Boba redemption, but we would would have liked to see a bit more crescendo than the light switch we got. Even light switch change we got. Even his appearance in Mando Season 2, his character was different. More intimidating than anything we got in the Book of Boba, for example, when he threatens to shoot Grogu for his armor. Yeah, um... I don't know. I still don't think he's a nice guy. I think he just kind of takes care of his own. It's the same with Fennec. Like, we see Fennec, like, from the perspective of Omega in the Bad Batch, Rekka is, uh, you know, not that nice when you're not on her side, Rekka. So, 
Yeah, and I, I, I think that's kind of still the case with Boba Fett. He's yeah. not evil, but he's, he's not a... Mos Espa yeah. is his place now, his family. Yeah, exactly. His town. Yeah. And that's always important to him. Like, mm-hmm. he's... It's definitely, like, a bit of a redemption, but, like, Boba's never been an out-and-out evil character. He was just, like, badass bounty hunter at worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he got eaten. And he's changed a bit since being eaten, so that's nice. Because, like, we get everything we see with the Tuscans kind of does soften him a little bit and makes him more open to that kind of thing. So I don't think mm-hmm. it's quite so much of a light switch. I don't think he's quite as bad to begin with as some of the other people. Yeah, agreed. Okay, let me read the next one here. Um, just reading this one. Chris asks about... Chris emailed us about kind of Baby Yoda and Luke. I think we kind of talked about that a little bit in the podcast, so maybe we'll save that. Uh, William says, longtime listener and big fan. I was wondering your opinion on Luke's training philosophy as shown in the Book of Boba Fett episode 6 and how you think it might relate to the failure of his academy prior to the sequel trilogy. On one hand, I prefer his Legends approach. Um, and then he kind of compares that with Kylo. Yeah, I, I, don't, I just don't think we know enough yet about how Luke is. Because... Yeah. Like, he takes Kylo in, and Kylo's clearly old at the time he starts training, and yeah. he clearly has attachments, so... So... Yeah. I do think there's been a a disproportionately large focus on the attachments element in mm-hmm. episode... Uh, or in chapter 6, compared to the his heart's not in it. It's like, mm-hmm. the attachments are definitely an element of it, and I think there's a lot of ways you can look at, like, why Luke would still be wary of attachments, even if he's not trying to stonewall them in the same way the Clone Wars era Jedi Order was. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we'll have to see how it kind of evolves from there. Because, like, obviously, he's not training Leia as a Jedi and Ben as a Jedi, saying, like, you have to have no attachments outside this. He's listing Mm -hmm. these extenuating, or not extenuating, these aggravating circumstances for why it might be worse for Grogu and why Grogu needs to be prepared to have some sort of detachment from the Mandalorian. He's not going to see him very often if he becomes a Jedi, not because of a rule forbidding it. Like Luke is listing these practical reasons that Grogu's relationship with the Mandalorian will be fundamentally different if he's a Jedi versus not. And Mm -hmm. on top of that, Grogu already doesn't seem like his heart is in it. So yeah, I don't think it's quite such a departure from the legends. You can actually be, you can actually have family situation. Mm. No, I, I agree. Uh, like the whole I, I don't think that Luke's kind of failing with Kylo or Ben is related to training I think it's just a moment of weakness for him probably yeah uh, okay so Joel says as much fun as I'm having with the book of Boba Fett on the whole I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 there were too many cooks in the kitchen he feels in it, and too many people wanted to be Mandalorian 2.5 um, in all honesty unless they have a really good idea for Boba I'd rather his story folded back in the Mandalorian proper so not really a question but just a comment thank you very much Joel um, Jacob asks us he's got two questions is Boba's rancor the same one from the Bad Batch and it's not I, I think that's been confirmed right because it's it's a I think we know it's not but I'm not positive I don't know I think it's a different gender maybe although I, I don't know who's getting close enough to check out rancor bits <laughs> Uh, and then do you think or want Cad to survive? So I, th- I think we talked yeah, about we, whether we think. Do you want him to survive? Cad? Not really. Like, 
I want, like, on a personal level, I want him to survive. On a narrative mm-hmm. level, I'm glad that I want him to survive, but I hope he doesn't, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think I don't want him to survive, but I know, like, if he does, I'll end up being excited, so fuck, whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm <laughs> attached to the character enough that I want him in more things, which I think is a good thing, but yeah. I also hope that they don't fulfill that desire because mm-hmm. I think that would ultimately be a worse choice. So the last question is from Tim. Um, 70 now. I guess he just messaged us. Uh, he says, how long was Boba in the Sarlacc and with the Tuscans?" He says the time frame is weird. And I think this is kind of one of the show's weak points. Because he it's it's like a couple of years, right? So that he's with the Tuscans in total. Yeah, he's with the Tuscans for for a while. For years, because he gets out pretty much immediately. Yeah, um, he's not in the Sarlacc for more than like a day or two. And what what is uh, is it? Are we six years after now, or so? Five years after Return of the Jedi? Uh, I think is it is it eight ABY? So I think it's only four years. Okay. Because he's presumably he's with the Tuscans for a bit. He gets his ship back, and I guess he pretty quickly ends up going and looking for his armor we know Cobb has the armor for a while too so we have a rough time period there Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah yeah i think that's it i think that's pretty much all we have so a little longer podcast episode tonight i think we're at what about an hour and actually not really an hour and a half pretty much right on the dot so thank you everyone for tuning in again we will be with vision of the future on uh, next Thursday. Quite a read, so get started if you haven't. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Anything you want to end with, Corey? Never. Never, okay. Okay. Thanks for listening. Leave a review on wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll, we'll try to read some of those for, at the very least, episode 99. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, yeah. we'll definitely, I think we, we will commit to doing a a question episode before uh before we get to episode 100 so we can just get out some of those other questions we've had to skip over in prior weeks uh at that point yeah, we'll probably so ask you, you should probably email yeah resend it because honestly we're not going back that far we get a, a lot which is great so if we miss one probably best to just kind of get it back in our in yeah. front of us we'll ask uh we'll put a call out for that before we do on the mm-hmm. episode before we do that episode so don't send them in just yeah, yet if you're going to be asking questions for that Wait until yep. that is the next episode up, and then we'll uh, we'll put the call out again. And we'll probably do like chat the... questions on that as well. Yeah. Maybe in the future we should try to, once every couple of months or so, have a questions episode. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.